In the spirit of reconciliation, the Gravel Cycling Australia podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. When you look at women in America, women in Europe, it's very big. It's not unusual to have girl packs or girls go gravel or girls gone gravel. There's, it's, it's huge. You know, there shouldn't be this big thing about, ooh, just only girls riding together. It really should just be, yeah, girls riding together. It's like normal. It shouldn't be anything different. So hopefully, you know, women embrace that idea here in Australia. And again, it's nothing new. There's always been women riding gravel. Uh, There's been women riding gravel in groups. And I guess we're just trying to take those women who want to do it and are new to it and introduce them to it, just like we've been. We've been newbies too. I'm a complete newbie to gravel and just, uh, yeah, letting other women kind of experience the same fun uh, that I've had as a newbie. Welcome to the Gravel Cycling Australia podcast. Gravel cycling in Australia is booming. From racing to bikepacking to simply getting off the beaten track and exploring the back roads and trails of our outstanding natural landscapes. This accessible subculture is all about community, adventure, discovering or rediscovering the joy of life on two wheels. Join us as we celebrate Australia's gravel cycling scene and discover the locations, explore the events and meet the people at the heart of the sport. So since I launched this podcast a few weeks ago, a lot of you have reached out to me to share your gravel stories, and that's been been really cool. I've been uh, really excited to hear about what gravel cycling means to, to people all over the country. Not surprisingly, a, a lot of you are really passionate about the locations and the places in which you ride, and one of the things that keeps coming up that people keep bringing up with me is the, the Queensland gravel scene. It's not something I, I know much about. I've, I've never really had the chance to check out uh, the Queensland gravel. The only ride I've ever done in Queensland was on a, a quick family holiday to Port Douglas last year. I, I didn't have a gravel bike uh, with me, so I, I hired a road bike. And unfortunately, that ride ended with a pretty nasty run in with some cane train tracks. And I've still got the scars to show from, from that one. But anyway, I haven't had the chance to check out the Queensland gravel. So I thought I'd better reach out to some experts. And so Today on the pod, we're lucky enough to be joined by Kent and Michelle from the Gravel Cartel. Kent and Michelle are doing some really exciting things in in fostering the gravel community and, and building some really cool events uh, for gravel cycling in and around southeast Queensland and, and particularly around the Sunshine Coast. But just before we jump into that chat, I just wanted to take a moment to ask you all a really big favour. Look, I'm really loving putting this podcast together. Chatting with like-minded people about gravel cycling, it, it's really about as good as it gets for me. And hopefully, this independent content is bringing you plenty of value as well. If it is, and if you are in a position to do so, I would really appreciate it if you could help us out by becoming a supporter of the show. As it turns out, there's a fair bit of work and a, a fairly significant financial cost involved in creating and editing and publishing a podcast. So, If you are able to support us, that will help cover these costs and ensure that I can keep bringing you uh, hopefully what you consider to be high quality content. 
So if you are keen, I've popped a link there at the bottom of the show notes. Your support would really, really go a long way. Another thing that would really help us out is if you can help us spread the word about the show. It would be really awesome if you can tell your gravel riding mates about us. And if you see us posting some new content on Instagram, it would also be really cool if you could share that to your stories. And and hopefully that will help us continue to grow this community. And with that out of the way, let's get back to our chat with the Gravel Cartel. Kent, Michelle, thanks so much for joining us on the Gravel Cycling Australia podcast. Thanks, Tristan. Yeah, it's a real pleasure. Thanks for having us. So before we dive into what you guys are up to with the Gravel Cartel, can you tell us a bit about your cycling background and how you ended up riding gravel bikes? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll kick off. I think Michelle will have her own story to tell. Um, I guess I've been cycling on and off for about 35 years, which is a long, feels like a long time, but probably more in the last 15 years have been very regularly cycling. Um, and that was really road cycling until I think probably about the last 18 months to two years when we sort of found gravel cycling and have both got into it um, from there. So, yeah, both come at this from really from the road cycling background. That's for me. Um, Michelle's got a different story to tell. Uh, yeah, I actually started riding when I was living in uh, Jakarta and there was a, a very big cycling community in Jakarta. I actually just had a um, an ACL replacement and um everyone in jakarta said well you're australian michelle uh you can swim uh, i can run so i'm assuming you can ride a bike uh and i had many friends over there who were riding so uh that's how i got into road cycling and then four years later i returned to australia and met kent match made in heaven and together yeah we got into gravel cycling the uh, the cycling scene in Jakarta must be pretty interesting. It's uh, I wouldn't have thought it's the most cycling friendly sort of city in the world. Do you, do you find find quiet places to ride? Or do you battling the traffic a bit? <laughs> uh, you're you're not the first person to say that. It's it, yeah, it is a funny story. When I'd come back to Australia and talk about cycling, everyone was like, I can't even imagine riding a bike amongst the traffic. But there's this. A special bond, I guess you could say, between uh, cars, motorcycles and cyclists in Jakarta and you'd be surprised at how large the community is there and how um, inclusive it is for uh, women as well. So it was a really great introduction to cycling for me. Yeah, excellent. So were you guys just sort of doing club rides Saturday morning sort of group rides, casual stuff, or you're racing or? Uh, well, for me, yeah, for me, um, I actually started in Jakarta with a women's cycling community, which was, it was the right place at the right time. Uh, and then uh, I got better and stronger by cycling with men. And then when I came to Australia and uh, joined Brisbane Cycling Club and started then racing and uh, just getting better at at road cycling. And you, Kent, you've got a background in racing? Yeah, only sort of more recently, I guess. I um, When we started Brisbane Cycling Club back in 20, 2010, we didn't really set out to form a racing club. We wanted to form a really good, strong social club. We only had about 15. And over the next 10 years, that grew to you know well over 400. And as it grew, we sort of 
brought in more, I guess, stronger riders who wanted to race. So the club then had quite a strong racing program. So, you know, being in the club and sort of being one of the founders, I guess, I jumped on that wagon and started racing myself. Um, yeah, started off criteriums and uh, a little bit of road racing. So you guys have been uh, pretty busy over the last few weekends. I've seen you uh, were down at Gravel and Granite in Tenerfield, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And then there were some beautiful photos of some sunflowers uh, just from the last weekend gone. Can you tell us a bit about the last sort of couple of weeks of adventures you've had? I might let Michelle talk a bit about Tenerfield because when we were first talking about Tenerfield last year as our first gravel race, um, we were chatting about it and I said, oh, let's go and do the 68-kilometre, the 69-kilometre race and uh, Michelle's like, if we're going to Tenerfield, we're doing the 105. I'm not going all the way to ride 68 kilometres. We're going to do the lot. So we signed up and did did the lot and uh, yeah, it was quite an experience. But, you know, maybe Michelle, you know, you might have some some thoughts on on Tenerfield. I'll talk about the sunflowers. Yeah, that it, it is quite a funny story, I guess, because at the time, because Kent had recently stepped down as club captain from Brisbane Cycling Club and we had, I guess, lost a little bit of our mojo for our road racing and we weren't, weren't riding as much, we weren't putting in the Ks uh, and we were slowly moving over or quickly moving over, I guess, to gravel. And when the race came up and we had friends who were going uh, to uh, register as well. It was like, okay, if we're going to give this a go, let's, you know, really give it a good crack. And like Kent said, don't travel all that way and register for the the smaller distance. And also we had friends who were coming who had done the longer race and it was just a really good way to get into that scene as well. They could give us some tips about what to do. Uh, we could learn from their mistakes. And the other thing was training for the event as well. So Ken and I had to put in a few extra Ks. Uh, we had to think about what we were, you know, what our race plan was, what our nutrition was going to be like leading up to it and, um, you know, losing a few Ks so we could climb up those crazy hills we didn't want to be pushing up all that extra weight uh, up these crazy climbs. So it was just a good experience for both of us to go through. Um, I'm, I'm really happy that we did it, did it together. And socially it was a really amazing experience to do with our friends as well. We, had, we booked a, a house that could cater for 10 of us and that's that's the other thing about gravel too it's brought us together with people that we may not have uh, met prior and it's brought us closer to people that we knew before so you know now we plan to meet each other for the next gravel experience and everyone's saying Kent you know book us another house and let's register for the next event you know it's not only just that racing part of it it's the social part and and meeting and mixing with friends and becoming closer with them uh and also you know meeting people that you just see on social media so I was in contact with a couple of ladies that I know on social media and it was literally send them a dm beforehand and go hey you're coming to Tenterfield 
great, so am I. Let's, you know, let's actually meet up face-to-face rather than uh, sending each other some kudos or some love on Instagram. So that was that was a really a really great part of Tenterfield as well. Yeah, so really looking forward to the next um, social gravel event like that. Yeah, I don't know if you guys had a chance to catch my latest episode about the Great Outway Gravel Grind I just did a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, completely agree. Like the the highlight of those events is really just the community of people that come along and you're surrounded by like-minded people who love bikes. So um, always makes for a good day out, I think. But we had people during the ride, ride past us and, and say day, or they recognized the jersey or they came up afterwards and had a beer with us and said, oh, we've been following you. We're from Newcastle and we're going to come up and ride with you guys. It was like, you know, so good just to meet these people and, and hang out with them. How, how did you How did you find it compared to road racing? Was it a bit of a different cultural experience or just as much uh, um, just as much competitive yeah i guess i can sort of com- i i kept thinking back to i did graft into inverell road race uh, back in 2018 and you know until the other day that was probably my hardest day on a bike and that was you know eight hours racing uh tenderfield was five hours but there are a lot of similarities um but there is cultural differences i think you know we all know that with the the feeling around gravel versus the road. Um, but there are also some real similarities, you know, with the actual nature of racing and the competitive nature as opposed to going for a ride. It's very different when you're sort of front up and you've pinned a number on and you're going to have a race. Yeah, so very good. There's the Sunflower ride. That That's, that's like totally different um, from Tenderfield. It couldn't be more different, I, I guess. Where that came from, was one of the, it sort of goes back to the fundamentals of what we try to do, which is we want to create experiences and and riding, riding gravel is a part of it. But we, we've always said it can't be just about the ride. The, the event can't be just the ride. So what we've been doing is we've been looking for uh, other events and other activities around these local areas that we can tie into. So, you know, um, whether there's a, a festival on in, in Blackbird or Stanthorpe or whatever, we'll try and arrange our trip to coincide with that so that when we're not riding, the people can enjoy it at a wine and food festival or they can do um, another activity or go to another festival. But with the sunflowers, we we became aware of that uh, nearly a year and a half ago that they, they were doing the sunflower festival and and I just had this idea of how good would it be to see gravel riders through the sunflowers on their, as part of their ride. And we tried to do it last year and the weather didn't play, play ball at all. And it just couldn't happen uh, for us. But we made it happen this year and uh, we, we had about 45 riders out there on Sunday. We rode through uh, the, the sunflowers. There was a million of them. And, and then we took them off on a local gravel ride. Then we went back through the sunflowers and, and then people put their bikes away and, and then just got into the festival. They went and had, you know, a few drinks, had food, they listened to the music and they had a great day. And I guess that, that really is what we're trying to do is create these really great riding experiences, often riding experiences that they couldn't do themselves um, and then join that with something else like, like a festival and, yeah, you would have seen the, the the photos of the weekend. There's just a sensational sort of backdrop to to riding, and and everyone has just had a fantastic time. Uh, I think the other thing, just on that one, is 
we wanted to do a charity ride as well, and we were able to incorporate that as part of the Sunflower Ride. The, the whole festival raises money for cancer, but we raised money for a local, uh, a little boy who's got cerebral palsy, and his dad's the local police officer. And so we raised money to help that family because we know that the local police in all these little country towns do a great job keeping roads, be them gravel or bitumen safe, uh, safe for cars and for cyclists. So we thought, what a great thing to do. And uh, and that was a really good thing for us to do as a business and great for our community to do as well. Great riding, bit of fundraising, and, yeah, great day. Yeah, sounds like a, a great cause to get behind and, and a really holistic experience. So uh, I've been following you guys along on, on Instagram. You've got a very strong uh, social media game. Uh, you seem like you're a pretty effective team and I've noticed you've even got matching gravel bikes. Are they? Uh, <laughs> I was trying to work out what they are. Are they Bianchi's or? Yeah, they are. There's a good little story behind that and it sort of is around the time we started this whole thing, I guess, a couple of years ago and uh, we, were, we were going to go to Spain in 2020. Michelle was turning 50 uh, I'd booked Girona, you know, everything was ready to go. Then obviously COVID and, and we didn't get there. So in lieu of a, a nice trip to Spain, Michelle got a lovely uh, Bianchi road bike, uh, XR4. And when it came time to talk gravel bikes, uh, Michelle said, do Bianchi make gravel bikes? Because I love my Bianchi. And I said, well, I think they do. I don't know much about it. And uh and here we are matching Bianchi Arcade X gravel bikes, um, which we do really enjoy riding. I must say they are good bikes. And, and uh, I think having two of them, everyone sort of notices them a little bit more. But um, that's how we came to have the uh, Bianchi um, gravel bikes. So uh, Gravel Cartel, I must say, pretty pretty great name. Uh, it invokes images of the Wild West and cowboys. I think it's great. Can you tell us a bit firstly about where the idea for this business came from and what was the, sort of the vision you had in mind? Yeah, I think it goes back to, as I said, with the Brisbane Cycling Club. I started organising trips. The first thing we did is we took, like, the club overseas to France for a trip and I was sort of the representative who sort of worked it at our end and, you know, thoroughly enjoyed going overseas with the group uh, and seeing how that was run. Um, and then when we came back, we started running our own weekend trips for the club first of all it was 30 then 40 then 50 and uh, I took on that responsibility for organizing it I think it was my combination my military background I liked organizing events and, and exercises and so I just started doing that as, as part of my club captain role I guess and then during COVID there'd been this sort of thought of maybe having a go at setting a business up so we did it. But again, at this stage, you know, we were very much road cyclists. You know, we only rode, ride, uh, rode on the road uh, and that's what we were comfortable with. We knew the Sunshine Coast. So we started Ride Sunshine Coast, you know, very literal name. Uh, that's where we rode and we're on the road. But what we found, you know, we were just talking about it today, was that during that time, for whatever reason, the whole gravel scene started getting this momentum and we were being asked, do we do gravel tours do we do gravel events and we were like uh no uh we don't we don't have mountain bikes we've never ridden mountain bikes we're not gravel riders but i think you know we soon realized that you you've got to go where the people want to go you can't say you're going to ride road if they want to ride gravel so we started running some gravel events with um 
people who who did ride gravel and they were the ride leaders and we'd organize the activity and then we got our own bikes and we started doing it and it's just been going nuts i think it's it's going nuts everywhere whether it's overseas or new south wales victoria wa um it's just taking off and that's what we felt so we thought if we're going to have a successful cycling business we need to embrace gravel and not sort of put that to the side and say that's not us so we'll stick to road and and we got dragged down that path and and we've not looked back it's just been going crazy so so what sort of things are you offering people as a business yeah we were i was doing a lot of research i was looking at what was going on overseas a lot uh we were talking to people what they wanted and so what we decided to do was to run a few different types of activities and one of the ones we started last this time last year we ran our first um weekend camp if you like it was called girls go gravel and we we ran one and then we had a second then a third and a fourth the ladies just loved the idea of going away for a weekend riding gravel with a, with a bunch of ladies and that whole girls go gravel sort of feeling um really resonated uh and we and we ran those trips um so we've been running girls trips or, or trips for ladies and then we had people who were a bit like us, I guess. They were road cyclists. They wanted to try this gravel, but they weren't really that confident about it. Um, so we we introduced what we call get into gravel, a real introductory level, one day activity. Just come and try, like a come and try it, see if you like it, and hopefully you will. And then you'll you know get you'll be on your way, sort of thing. So we we started our get into gravel, our girls go gravel, and uh, and a number of other, I guess private trips where we had people just say, hey, we've got a group who want to go away. Can you take our group? So we, we were doing those sort of private trips as well. So let's let's touch a bit on the, the gravel cycling scene in southeast Queensland and around the Sunshine Coast. How, how would you describe the scene up there? Has it sort of been a big part of the cycling culture in the area for a long time or is it sort of um, just sort of developing now over the last few years that we've seen gra- uh, sort of gravel become more popular? Yeah, I think um, I think it's important to say you know we, we weren't at the forefront of gravel here in Queensland and certainly not not in Australia. So you know we don't pretend that we sort of introduced this up here. It's been going on for a while, and I guess we we were sort of just a little bit oblivious to it being road cyclists. We just weren't looking for those type of events and and those roads. You know we know there's been gravel events um probably coming more from the mountain biking side like the noosa enduro type of events um have been run for a while there's the noosa strata bianchi again a lot of gravel riding in that event um and now there's a few others which have been been around before we sort of came came around but all of it whether it's us or whether it's the noosa enduro or rise and grind yeah everyone is just seeing i guess this momentum build for their events and, and it's just happening a lot more. You know, we got out, we didn't realise there was so much gravel around the Sunshine Coast. But probably the other thing is, you know, we've sort of, we deliberately went with that name Gravel Cartel because it's not geographically based. Whereas Ride Sunshine Coast, our ride cycling business was very, everyone associated it with the Sunshine Coast. So what it's allowed us to do is to go looking for, well, where's the best gravel riding? First of all, around southeast Queensland and a bit broader. So we've... We're down there near Stanthorpe. We've run trips down there towards the border. We're out on the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail running running trips out there. So we're now not limited ourselves to the Sunshine Coast, 
Yeah, so it is. There's a strong history up there in in the Sunshine Coast. We we just didn't know about it, to be honest. It just wasn't something on our radar as road cyclists. But it's uh, it's it's getting momentum, and Noosa Enduro and events like that are huge. And probably the other one is this whole rail trail scene. The Brisbane Valley Rail Trail has been up and running for some years, but it's really, I guess, matured, and it's it's extremely popular. And now there's other rail trails opening up around the area as well, just over the border in New South Wales. Further north in Queensland, there's another rail trail. And, yeah, that's just drawing people in to, to this whole gravel scene. You, you mentioned a bit earlier your, uh, your ride leaders that you get to sort of assist in delivering this experiences for people. Are there a few people up there, sort of the, the stalwarts, the... Uh, you know, the, the, the recognised experts, the, the people who've been riding their sort of 23-millimetre road bike tyres on gravel since 1989 or...? <laughs> yeah, there are. And we, we went looking for a few of them in the early days. Like we, we felt right out of our comfort zone. I mean, when we were asked to run a gravel trip, I, I started searching and I think, Michelle, you remember we, we found Owen up there yeah. uh, at Noosa, and Owen really is one of those people you are just talking about. He's been riding the gravel roads. He lives out of uh, in the hinterland of the Sunshine Coast, and he's exactly that sort of guy. So we, we sought him out. He works in a bike shop in Noosa, and, and he was fantastic. And he was the very first ride leader on our first gravel trip. And, you know, we just learned so much from him. And, you know, whilst he's very busy now with, with the bike shop and other things, he He's still great. He always sort of keeps an eye out for us and lets us know or he shares what we're up to. And uh, so there are people like that around. Um, and then it was sort of finding people in the geographic area because I think the one of the things, you know, we've learned is you, you just don't know what you don't know. You could be riding along a bitumen road and there could be this fantastic gravel road not that far away. But if you don't know about it, if, you, if you've not ridden it, you just won't go there. So we've sort of connected with people in the different geographic areas who have lived there sometimes most of their life and have ridden those roads. So we then sort of go away with them and they show us around and, and in, in a lot of cases they become our ride leaders as well. I think that's a real barrier for for people getting, particularly coming off the road. And I, I had this experience as well when I started riding gravel. I think you can look at a map and you sort of Look, oh, you know, it looks like there's a trail there, or you know, let's let's head down there and see where it goes. But sometimes you just get stuck, right? Like if you just if you're going looking for it, you might just get to a point that's completely unrideable, or you got to turn around and go back. And it's sort of <laughs> that sounds like something that happened last March out near uh, Boona. Michelle and I did one of these. We you know we mapped it out, Strava and anything else suggested we could do it. And after carrying our lovely Bianchi gravel bikes were a couple of kilometres through the bush. Literally, we couldn't ride on quite a hot March day. I thought that may have been the end of the bikes and, and potentially the relationship at that point because <laughs> it was pretty ugly, you know. Um, but, again, everything pointed to the fact that we should have been able to ride it, but it just wasn't to be. Um, so we had to go and experience that. The good thing was we didn't have anyone else with us at the time and it was just us learning, I guess, so. Yeah, well, I think it just it just highlights the the value of of having someone local and experienced who knows the, knows the tracks, and I think that's probably part of the real value proposition that you're offering people, isn't it? To uh, come and come and see the best parts that the locals know about. Yeah, like people will say, "Oh, how did you know about that road? Or how did you know to go there?" I say, "Well, you know, 
you know, we do a lot of time mapping. And then generally, you know, during the week, I'll go for a drive. And so the next stage is to drive the route. And that's great. But again, then you've got to ride the route because you've got to sort of put yourself in the position of the people on the bike on the day. So you do your maps, work, then you drive it, then you ride it, and then you may take a few friends and get their feeling what they think about it. And then you sort of go, right, we think we can build a trip around that. But it is quite a it is quite an involved process. You just can't take people out into the bush on gravel and and just hope for the best. You know, things can go wrong. And uh, you know, we don't want to put anyone, including ourselves, in that situation. So a lot of a lot of work goes in behind getting it right, I guess. And conditions play a big part in the road surface. I mean, everyone who rides a bit of gravel probably knows that it's it's different month to month. Do you have a do you have a season up there where the gravel's sort of perfect for riding, and some other times of year you'd avoid it, or sort of a, a year round option up there? Yeah, no, it's not a not a year round proposition at all. I mean. We generally start talking about, we really start, you know, we use that language, I'm sure others do. This is our sort of coming into gravel season now uh, at the end of summer. It, it's just too unpredictable with the, the storms, the temperatures, you know, a cyclone can come down the coast and you can have a week's of rain. So we really look to sort of go from March through to about October. And then what we do is we don't look to plan those big multi-day events during the summer months because, you know, it's not it's not fair to book accommodation for say a dozen people, and then it rains, and you say to the the accommodation people, "Hey, sorry, we can't come, or we're not coming," and leave mm-hmm. them in the lurch. So, we've decided that you know during summer, yeah, we'll ride, we'll we'll spend that time planning the next season. We'll do some activities, maybe a get into gravel morning, which if it rains out, so be it. But use that time in preparing for the new season. And I think we've just sort of announced that a little bit in the last few weeks that. You know, now we really are coming into gravel season. The great, this is the best time into July and we've got our gravel festival in July for that reason. It's right in the middle of peak gravel season for us up here in Queensland. What about the terrain? I've, I've been looking at some of your uh, your videos that you've been posting. Looks like pretty pretty nice gravel, um, to be honest. Is it is it pretty hilly around that area where you're, you're running most of your rides or...? Um, you can find some flat roads for for beginners as well. You know what we've tried to identify is 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 a range of different areas. So, like you say, like if it's a get into gravel, this is an introductory level. We've got a, a thirty kilometer gravel circuit with about a hundred meters elevation, because you know the people doing that, we want them to sort of focus on maybe developing the skills and enjoyment. We want them to come back. We don't want to break them you know, with a lot of climbing and technical descending where they may come off. So we know where to go for those sort of events. I I don't think I found anything quite like that last 15 kilometres of Tenderfield around up here, uh, and that was brutal uh, and long. Um, but, yeah, you can find some good climbs and some good descents. And I think people are often surprised just, you know, what is out there. Probably within an hour of Brisbane CBD, you can actually find some pretty decent gravel. Uh, you know, with some elevation, with some good descending. Um, I have yet to ride a lot, you know, the New South Wales, Victoria, and people keep saying you've got to come, you know, they come up here and we take them around. They say, now you've got to come down. You've got to come down to the Otways. You've got to come down and do that. And, and, and we can't wait to get down there. But, you know, the feedback is it's, it's pretty good, um, some decent climbing, pretty good gravel. 
we, we like to go one particular place we like is north on the Sunshine Coast. It's a state forest and, and we uh, fondly call it the G1. It's like the M1 highway, but it's gravel. It's the G1 and it's this massive logging through the forest and you just get on the G1 and you just fly along through the forest, no vehicles. Yeah, we like going to that for you know something different when we're up on the coast. Let's get back to the cartel and some of the more uh, sort of different services and events and boutique travel packages that you, you offer. On those boutique travel packages, can you tell us what sort of experiences you're, you're putting on for people? When we're up on the, the Sunshine Coast, uh, we go into the, to the hinterland then. And like I said, we, we ride each morning, but then when we're not riding, we've gone out and found all the little local like the wineries, the gin distilleries, the breweries and other places like that. So we take people to local establishments and we let them enjoy enjoy that. But we've done everything from, you know, trail walking, um, hiking up mountains. Um, we'll take people down to the beach. We'll take them shopping if that's what they want to do. But often on site we'll do a morning um, Pilates or a yoga session. In the afternoon we'll bring in the masseurs. They'll have uh, massages in the afternoon. It sort of depends what the trip is and who's there. But we've now built, I guess, relationships with all these different local service providers and then we build the package basically and bring it all together whether it's you know unique accommodation options uh, with those sort of dining and, and brewery sort of visits and all those other activities and we just sort of package it all up but the other part is this whole idea of community and when we're in these little towns we want to be a part of the community and I think a really good example is our Anzac Day trips it's sort of one of our marquee events for each year and we look for a, a location to have a trip around Anzac Day. And last year we were in Blackbutt, which is a little country town on the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail, but it has a fantastic dawn service and everyone from that local area comes together. So we go to the dawn service um, with the local community, we're a part of that, and then we'll go back and get on our bikes and ride. This year we're going to Stanthorpe down on the border and, again, it's got a really rich history particularly post world war one history so we'll do our anzac day tour down there and we'll invite local people associated with the rsl or whatever to come in and sit around a fire and tell us the story of the local region um, share a meal have some drinks with us and tell us about the region how it's connected um, to anzac day and then we'll go to the dawn service the next morning so they're the sort of i guess off bike non-riding activities we we look to include where we can. Oh, that's great. I did. Um, I was looking through some of some of your uh, services and the the sort of rides and events that you offer, and I I did I couldn't help but notice there does seem to be a bit of a theme with with food and wine and beer, and uh, I must say it sort of makes it look pretty appealing. You go for a good ride, and then you get a good feed at the end. It seems a uh, part yeah, of your focus, look, definitely. I, I was looking for an opportunity to talk about last year we did our own beer. Again, you know, it's sort of the whole culture, isn't it, of, of gravel? And I, I've heard you talk to other people on your podcast about the culture and, and all that. And so, you know, we last year um, did our own beer. It was a collaboration with a brewery here in Brisbane and we ended up with our own gravel cartel beer, which we took on our events. And so people would finish a ride and would open up the esky full of ice and they'd be able to grab a cold gravel cartel beer. And, you know, there was a few reasons. One, it's nice to have a cold beer, but part of the reason of doing it was to say, yeah, look, this is what we think this sort of riding is all about. 
you know, ride, ride hard, get dirty, have a cold beer, and, hey, enjoy one of our own beers. And it was a bit of fun to do as well. That's great. So as you said, you run some small group female-only tours. Can you tell us a bit about the rationale for offering those sort of as a female-only event? What we were looking at and what we wanted to know was what are all the, the obstacles or the barriers to prevent ladies getting involved in, in, in gravel cycling? And, and there was a range of different ones there. But one of the ones I think we felt was that particularly for ladies who were sort of coming at it from road or weren't experienced was there was a, a some level of um, concern about joining a group which they didn't know the other people on there and what happens if there's some strong male riders there uh, who are more experienced and more capable on the gravel. And there was sort of this sense that maybe they wouldn't fit in, maybe they would hold the group back and they didn't want to do that. So we've just tried to sort of remove anything which we think could be a barrier. I also looked at overseas in in the States is what they were doing around female-only gravel events and they seemed to be really taking off. So obviously there was something there. Um, So we, I guess, put together a package. We called it Girls Go Gravel and, and we took that out and said, you know, what do people think of this idea? And, you know, we, I won't say we were overwhelmed, but it was very well received. So what it appeared to be doing was just removing a couple little barriers maybe for them to jump in uh, and, and join a gravel trip. And that's really what it was about, was just trying to say, here's a really safe place. You, um, you're not going to come across strong male riders who you may think you're going to have difficulty riding with if you're new to this. So it really came from that, I guess. Yeah, I think women, you know, women have uh, a, a sense of adventure as much as men do, but they they want to do that in an environment where they where they are safe, where they know that there would be a vehicle close by that they could call upon if they needed it. And most times we don't need the vehicle, uh, but it's good to know that it's there. And all of the ladies uh, say that. Kent was saying how uh, we were trying to eliminate barriers, but I also think that uh, women want to go on trips like this, that the the demand is there. They want to go on trips with other women. They want to meet other like-minded women who share this kind of adventurous spirit and they want to ride gravel and do off-bike stuff as well. So, yeah, and that's where going to the distillery, a gin distillery comes into it, having a massage, um, having time away, you know, from their families at home for the weekend, like a little break away from domestic chores or work or family and just being able to do things that they they'd really like to do by themselves. So, yeah, there's that experience on the bike and off the bike. And last year when we uh, introduced the idea, it just seemed to take off, just went gangbusters. And like Kent said as well, when you look at women in America, women in Europe, it's very big. It's not unusual to have girl packs or girls go gravel or girls gone gravel. There's, it's, it's huge. 
you know, there's, there shouldn't be this big thing about, oh, just only girls riding together. It really should just be, yeah, girls riding together. It's like normal. It shouldn't be anything different. So hopefully, you know, women embrace that idea here in Australia. And again, it's nothing new. There's always been women riding gravel. Uh, There's been women riding gravel in groups. And I guess we're just trying to take those women who want to do it and are new to it and introduce them to it just like we've been. We've been newbies too. I'm a complete newbie to gravel. And just, uh, yeah, letting other women kind of experience the same fun uh, that I've had as a newbie. Part of, I guess, what you know, what brings, I think, the most joy to us in a way is we might see someone come on and get into gravel morning, a couple of hours of riding, and then they've enjoyed it. Then they go, oh, I'm going to go on your Girls Go Gravel. So they go on a Girls Go Gravel weekend, and then they like that. Then they go, well, where's another trip? We go, well, we're going here but it's it's not a girls only trip it's a mixture they go no no that's fine now I feel confident I've got I found my feet I'm loving the gravel it doesn't worry me that it could be some strong male riders I know where I'm at I I feel comfortable I don't want to take on too many new things but now I'm ready so you know to see that progression from someone who is brand new through that sort of introductory level to a girls only trip they really have a great time and then they go on another trip to another location in a mixed group and have such a good time. So, you know, it's really pleasing to see that that progression. And then they've they've met other people and, you know, we often hear, I think one of the things we, we really love to hear is as people have come on trips, met people, and now they're continuing to ride with those people. They're organising their own weekends away or they're sharing Strava routes and they're meeting up and it's got nothing to do with us. You know, we can just take that satisfaction that we sort of got them on their way, and and that's what we really do enjoy seeing. That, yeah, yeah, that's really that's really exciting. I don't know, I think that it's quite interesting, isn't it? Like you, you're talking about females finding gravel and female in the events an easy introduction, where they they might feel like there are some barriers, but I think that probably applies to men as well who are interested in cycling. I think. I think gravel presents a much more accessible, welcoming culture and, and environment to get into the sport. You know, there might be a bit of loose gravel, but you might not have to contend with the cars and it's not, you know, all the traffic and it's not as technical as, as you might get if you just started out mountain biking. So I think that's one of the great things about gravel is it's it's a great starting place for, for people in cycling as well. And, on, and I guess on that point, you, you've mentioned a few times you get into gravel days. What's the philosophy? Is, is that all about introducing people to gravel for the first time? Yeah, I mean, and we deliberately pitch it that way, I guess, you know, to the point of we say if you ride gravel regularly, if you have done a fair bit of this, this is not for you. So generally speaking, the people who come onto those days, this is potentially their very first time off-road. Uh, sort of easing people and they may not even have you know have the right sort of bike and that comes to another point is you know we were getting people asking us about can you can we hire a gravel bike from somewhere so we can try this before we fully jump in and buy a bike and we find we don't like it so I went out trying to hire a gravel bike and I couldn't hire a gravel bike no one in South Queensland had a gravel bike so you know I've I've built up a small fleet of gravel bikes so that we say look Come and hire a gravel bike and then go on the road with the right equipment and see what you think then. If, the, if at the end of the day you make the decision, look, that's not for you, at least you've made the decision 
uh, based on you were on a gravel bike, on gravel, away you go. You weren't trying to make something fit and it wasn't the right sort of bike, which really didn't make it an enjoyable experience. So we often get people, they'll come on, they'll hire a bike, and we'll go through some basic skills and then we'll take them on uh, a nice introductory level gravel ride and then we'll have coffee, talk about it. It's just that's what it is. Get into gravel. Have a go. See what you think. Do, do you get the opportunity to see significant growth in people's skills and confidence even over the course of a, a single morning or a single day? Like, does it does it sort of click for people quite quickly? Yeah, you can. You can probably not as much as maybe a multi day trip. Um, I'm thinking in particular another trip that we did with some ladies. You know, you have people who come on a trip and they go, oh, I haven't been cycling a lot. And and that can be with a lot of events. We experienced that in the Sunflower Ride. People we'd um, met before had come on our trips and they turned up to this like really spectacular event and they're like, oh, I haven't ridden on my bike since I last saw you, Michelle. And it's like, hey, you know, there's no no need to kind of justify why you've been riding or not because with gravel, um, of course, yeah, you'll get better the, the more practice you do, but you can um, just keep coming on your ride and progressing little by little. And I know one Girls Go Gravel trip we did, that was like a great example of that. We had a lady who didn't ride a lot that came on the trip and by the end of the trip was like on her bike the whole time, up the front, leading the group, keeping pace for the group and you can definitely see confidence build over a couple of days. Sure, maybe just in a morning you may not see that progression, but you can see them going, okay, yeah, I I will go and have a go on another trip or by myself or with friends at another event. Do you find that the people coming down to those events are attracted to the fact that it's it's gravel and they feel that that is a a good starting point for them or are they sort of more they do have a bit more of a background in cycling but they're looking now to get into gravel yeah i hadn't really thought about it a lot until friends that were staying with us at the sunflower ride and they were at tenterfield as well and she was saying that that they're road cyclists they come from a road cycling background and their sense of community and the culture is different. Uh, so I think that she was coming from a background where she may have struggled to find her uh, place in road cycling or it can be a little bit clicky. She was just saying that um, finding the gravel cartel and finding us and that sense of community that Kent has built through his social rides, she hadn't experienced before and was just loving it and you know what am I going to do next what are we going to do next I'm bringing my friends into this and we're going to do this next and um, meeting other people on the ride and making their own plans I hadn't I hadn't even thought of it before until she vocalized it and said I'm really loving this sense of community and um, being welcomed to hang out with people that, you know, you, you wouldn't normally hang out with. And, yeah, that's that's a big part of gravel, I think. That's a really special part of it. Yeah, and it seems like you're you're providing that space for that to happen in the gravel cartel and I think there's, yeah, 
kudos to you for 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 doing that because because otherwise people might not be be finding these spaces and these communities. So well done. So you've got a pretty exciting new event coming up this winter: gravel and flannel. Another great name. I don't know how you come up with these. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about what you're planning there? I guess it's been in the back of my mind probably the last 12 months. Last year, uh, we started this regular social ride. So we were sort of a first step away from small group events, like say eight to 12 people. But in the back of my mind, I guess, you know, doing my research on what's going on overseas, what's going on around, this idea of moving to a, a larger event, a more of a mass participation event, was sitting there and um, so I decided 2023 we would we would have a have a good go at doing our first multi-day more mass participation event. But but not a race. The, the mantra isn't about it's all about the ride and the bike. We see a lot of people uh, do that and that's great. They do it really well. But we've been watching the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail, which gets used a lot, but every event seems to be about the trail and about the bike. And we thought there was such a good opportunity just to bring everyone together, find a great venue and have a great sociable weekend. And that's been there for a while. And it was sort of a bit out of the blue because the people who own this fantastic venue at ESC on the trail contacted me and said, hey, um, we see what you guys are doing there with the cartel. We're gravel cyclists as well, but we own this great venue. And we'd love to work with you on a cycling event. And it was almost like it's unbelievable that these people would contact me because I'm thinking exactly the same thing. Um, so we're, we're working with them, came up with the name. I don't know. I, I've worked whilst I, I was in the military. I was also in corporate affairs and PR for a long time as well. And it's funny how if you get the name, it sort of sets it up. So whether we're doing... Gravel and Gourmet or Get Into Gravel, Girls Go Gravel, Gravel and Flannel, as soon as you sort of get that right, it, it really sets this, a tone, if you like. So we we thought about the name, Gravel and Flannel, it's winter, it's going to be cool, everyone can wear flannel shirts and we can ride gravel. Great. Now let's build an event around it and that's exactly what we're doing. It's a three-day event, two nights uh, in a little country town called Esk. Uh, we've got a fantastic uh, venue and, uh, yeah, it's going to be your typical festival, live music, beer tents, cafes, gin bars, fire pits, all the things you'd like to see, I guess, at a festival. And the good thing is we'll get to ride on the rail trail each day. It's right on the rail trail. You literally go out of the venue and you're, and you're on gravel and uh, can ride as far as you want. We're making it so that whether you're new to gravel or you're an experienced gravel rider, It'll work for you. It'll be like get up in the morning, go to the cafe, and then hit the trail. And if, if you're new to gravel, you might decide 30 kilometres of trail riding, the trail is enough. Uh, great. If you're an experienced rider, you might go out and do a 90K ride that day. Um, so it's it's really is quite inclusive. But at the end of the day, we all end up back at the one venue, sitting around a fire, Having a having a beer or some food or a cup of coffee and just sharing experiences and that that's what we're trying to create. I'm, I, I must say I'm super excited. I think all the major bits have come together and we're still a few months out, 
Um, we just need to get people to buy into it now. It's like anything, I guess, the first time an event's run, people can't quite visualise what it is they've been asked to commit to. But we're getting there. We've, we've sold half the tickets already, uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful and confident that we can, can run a really good event. It sounds like quite a unique idea. I, I think, as you say, like most people who put on cycling events, it's usually one particular ride or, or one race, but this sort of feels like you're trying to, trying to build a music festival sort of environment but focused on cycling, which I think is a really cool idea. Is that sort of what you were thinking, like just a celebration of cycling with the opportunity to, to share that with, with your friends and family? What, what we've been doing is last, I think it was August, we, we put out, we'd like to start to try and run regular gravel social rides. It's something which doesn't happen. Like there's no, unlike a road cycling where you can join in a club ride on a Sunday and go for a club ride if you want to, and there's multitude of them. If you say, okay, where's the gravel ride this weekend that I can join in? There is none. That, that's just the reality. I don't know what it's like elsewhere, um, but it wasn't there. So we started running these these trips. We've had 20 turn up to our first monthly gravel ride. Then we had 30. Then we had 40. And then, you know, we had 50. And then they're just growing. And people are like, when's the next social gravel ride? And, you know, we, we make them fun. But we'll have um, we'll have pop-ups along the way. We do giveaways mid-ride. Mid, mid we have donut bars. We have coffee stops. You know, all the sort of things. We have the music going. But the back, in the back of my mind, it was about preparing the gravel cartel to run a really successful event later on. So what we were doing is we were testing our online registration through a monthly social ride. Even though it only cost $10 to register and it was a morning, we wanted to make sure all these pieces which we would need to have right if we want to run a really successful festival are in place. So we, we ran our, our registration online. We took the payments. We registered people in the morning. We had our coffee. We had our pop-up. We had prizes. So all these little things have been building together. And then what we did is we said, right, we've got a Facebook page. And, and that was generally saying, hey, this is what we've been up to or what we're doing. And then we created a, a Facebook group. So in September, we started a Facebook group. And as of today, there's 750 members of that group. And that's where we really start to work more as a community, asking questions. Hey, I'm thinking of going to the Sunshine Coast. Does anyone have a, a good route for a ride? I don't know. Or is anyone heading to Tenderfield next week? I, I need a lift. I'm a bit bit new to this. What sort of tyres are you running or tyre pressures? All those really technical discussions are now happening within this group and it's sort of self-perpetuating and it's building its own momentum. So we're using that to sort of communicate about the festival. So it's been... Um, it's been building, I guess, and the momentum is is just starting to take off and you, you really get that sense of it now. And I think it's driven by the people want to be there. You know, they want to be around this stuff and uh, and a lot of people have a lot to contribute. And I know I don't have all the good ideas, I don't have all the answers and, and Michelle doesn't, but if we can sort of harness the energy and enthusiasm for gravel there's people out there with all sorts of experiences and skills, and we've got people coming up to us and saying, oh, do you need an MC at the festival? Do you need someone? I play music. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've got an, I'm an RSA. I can do the alcohol. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're sort of volunteering. They just want to be around it. And 
and that's like so pleasing and you know really looking forward to to july um must sound pretty excited we've got a great sponsor that's come on board they're going to they're doing a lot of things for us i've got a few big announcements to make on that front in the next couple of weeks so the, the only other thing i'll say about the festival is you know we really want to work with as many local businesses so the local gin distillery the local catering company you know the local hire company all the musicians are, are little local duos or, or soloists or whatever and we're trying to get as many people locally involved and uh, of course we've got a local charity so the little local hospital will be raising money for the local hospital and the local lions club so you know all the the pieces coming together and yeah really excited yeah i think the uh the gravel community and gravel cycling as a whole has a lot to offer regional australia i think there's a real opportunity right across the country for for gravel tourism and events to to really drive um you know economic growth and engagement in in these regional towns so yeah i think that's another benefit oh yeah and look you see it you see it on the rail trail and i think you'll see it elsewhere there are little towns which are just thriving literally thriving and and michelle's from up that way she's from not one of the small country towns probably the one of the biggest country towns along at the end of that trail and it's just amazing to see. You go to a pub in the middle of the bush and it is pumping on the weekends. It's full of people, full of cyclists. There's new facilities. There's new accommodation being built. There's all sorts of things happening and it just wouldn't have been going. These towns were dying, literally. Yeah. I think one of the other great things about this festival idea that you've had is that I think I've said in the past, you know, it can be hard to to manage cycling and your family commitments and trying to share your love of cycling with your family if that's not necessarily sort of what they're into as well. And I think this, you sort of reading some of the background to what you're trying to do, it seems like there is an opportunity there for for non-cycling family members to come along and still experience the event and, and get involved and there'll be plenty of things for them to do down there as well. Yeah, we wanted to make it family friendly. I think one of the good things is that there's a camping caravan park like right next door. So you can, motel accommodation. So, you know, we've been encouraging people. This isn't one of those weekends where the cyclist gets to go see your family. Uh, I'll be back on Sunday night and I'll tell you about my fantastic weekend. We've been saying pack them up, bring them up with you so that yeah, sure, you might go and ride the trail for a couple of hours, but your partner might want to walk down to the local markets, which are on every Saturday morning, or go to the local shops and the craft area, whatever it is. There are things to do locally and then come back and join in the fun of the festival. You know, I've had people ring me up, oh, can my 12-year-old ride the ride with us? I'm like, absolutely, your 12-year-old can ride with you. You know, we, we make sure that our insurance for riding covers all riders of all ages so that they're most welcome. So it's going to be great to see. I'm, I'm hoping there'll be a few more, you know, youngsters on bikes. The rail trail is perfect for that. So, yeah, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing families and partners and, and, and kids come along and be a part of that festival. That sounds exciting. Just, just before we wrap up, you obviously, you've been growing quite rapidly. You're putting on lots of different types of events. But as you said, you haven't got into racing as yet. You're choosing more to focus on the social gravel riding experiences. Is that, I guess, you've sort of made the point that that is a bit of a conscious decision. Uh, but do you see racing as part of Gravel Cartel's future or is that you're going to steer away from that going forward? Um, 
Yeah, I guess it's like, you know, it's a classic cliche, never never say never. And I think Michelle and I have been out riding around and I think we've sort of said to each other, how good would this be? Could you imagine racing over this terrain? Could you imagine if we had a race going here? It would be awesome because it's just fantastic. And, you know, we, we sort of maybe got to race each other a little bit to have a little bit of fun. So I wouldn't say we won't do it. I don't want to go, oh, we'll do, we'll do a race because people expect us to do a race or we'll we'll do a race if it's the right thing for us at the time and we think we can do it well. It's, it's sort of been a, a mantra of mine, I guess, almost through life. No matter what I was doing is I just don't want to do ordinary stuff. I don't want to put any of my time and my, I guess, valuable time into doing ordinary things. So if we can only run an ordinary race, I'm not particularly interested in doing that. If we think we can, if we can get the resources and the experience and all the bits which would you would need to do a great race, then we would have a look at it for sure. But I'm not just going to go, yeah, we'll do a race. I, I, you know what I mean? I, maybe one day we will do a race. But if we do, hopefully it'll be like everything else we try to do, which is, is going to be really good because I think that's what people expect. And what they should expect that if if we're putting ourselves out there as people who run great gravel experiences, then that's what we've got to deliver. Thanks, Kent, Michelle. Thanks for uh, coming on the pod today and sharing the gravel cartel story. I think it's a really exciting business that you're growing and a really exciting community that you seem to be fostering uh, up there in Queensland. So, yeah, appreciate your time to come on and uh, all the best for for the big festival in Esk in July and. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear how it goes. We'll have to get you up here. That's what we need to do is get some of you guys up here and come and enjoy some of the cartel hospitality. Um, but, uh, but seriously, thanks for inviting us. It's, it's been great. I've really, you know, we've really enjoyed listening to your early podcasts. Um, and we know there's great things up here, not just what we're doing, what other people are doing. So great to be to be invited on and, and it's been a pleasure talking to you, mate. So there you have it, the Gravel Cartel doing some really... Uh some really cool things in the gravel scene in Queensland. Hope you all uh, got something out of that chat and hopefully some of you can get down to Esk in July to check out Gravel and Flannel. It sounds like it's going to be quite the weekend. So that's it for another episode of the Gravel Cycling Australia podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. And uh, as I said at the start, if you're able to help us uh, grow the show by spreading the word uh, with your writing mates on Instagram, uh, and out, out and about that would be really cool and if you are, are able to support the show uh, that supporter link is down there in the show notes as well just before we go just want to give a shout out to Matt Power at the Northern Grodies he's uh, developing a really cool little gravel riding social community uh, here in Melbourne in the northern suburbs so he's running a, a group ride uh, leaving Hurstbridge train station on the 26th of March at 8.30am to find out more about that one, check out Northern Grodies on Strava. And with that, thanks very much for tuning in and we'll catch you next time on the Gravel Cycling Australia podcast.